the Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com. WrestleVille. It's where wrestling lives. Okay, this is Ricky. I'm Shemaya Knight. And you are listening <laughs> to the WrestleVille. Podcast! Oh, yeah! <laughs> You're listening to the WrestleVille Podcast. I'm your host, Benny Berry, and my guests today are Ricky and Soraya Knight. How are you doing both? We're both doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> for the fans, for the fans that listen to my podcast and read my website, if you would please go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a, a brief description of your career, if you could. Ladies first. Oh, you could be a lady. Yeah. Look at you, because we must be on the tent. Very unusual. Uh, okay, my name is Soraya Knights. I have been in the business 31 years. Um, I am the the mum of the Knight family, we all kind of followed in my husband's footsteps and uh, created uh, the Knight family as a, as a dynasty. And then we've grown as a company. So we, we run the World Association of Wrestling. Well, not only that, we do, uh, we go out around the world and we do teach our style of wrestling, which is the short arm combat, the looking after yourself sort of style, which you can take on the road as well as in the ring. Um, <coughs> And we, we take our style worldwide, don't we? Yeah, British style. Yeah. Matt Evans style. So we have myself, my husband, Ricky, who you'll speak to in a minute. Then you have uh, Nikki, our eldest, who was a wrestler. She's she's retired, but she's willing, she wants to come back. She's so watch this space. Back, yeah. um, then there's Roy. Uh, everyone knows uh, Roy Knight, part of the hooligans. Then we have another son, Asa, that did dabble his toe a little bit. Um, but he's uh yeah he refereed and stuff um but he's he can't do it due to medical reasons then you have zach who's always tag partner who was zach that was featured in the fight with my family and then you have what everyone knows as Paige. uh we know her as soraya so uh that's our youngest daughter but then we also have adopted children as well but uh we have tony which is who is slightly older than zach so he's between zach and asa and uh yeah, we've got many foster foster kids, but yeah. we've mainly got the six. Wow, you've you've got quite the quite the group over there. But yeah, we've got our grandchildren yeah, as well. We we've got uh, our grandkids who are yeah. in our academy. Um, yeah, so we've got um, RKJ, who's doing really well at the minute, and PJ. Um, we've got our great-grandchildren, our great-grandchild Oscar, who's wrestling, uh, and Caden, our grandchild. Um, they're, they're still in single digits, but they're... Uh, Academy. Yeah, they're they're top of the tree in that. So we've got plenty of knights churning out. Does the extended family do they all help in the business too? The family business. I mean, do we have multiple family members helping? Yeah, well, there's quite a few. Well, of us. predominantly the company's run by myself, my son Zach, and uh, Soraya. Um, I'll call it Jules for now because that's, that's her name to me, it's Jules. But um, yeah, us three uh, run the company and. Uh, the others help out. Like my grandson helps with the training. Uh, Zach runs all the uh, 
as well as the coaching side. All the family are involved, but uh, the main three who run the company on a daily basis is me, myself, and... Uh, uh, I mean, me, myself, yeah, and I. Me, myself, <laughs> that's myself, and uh, Zach. Uh, but all the others have input. But I say that full time is us three. And where you where you live, which I I understand it's it's Norwich, right? Uh, Norwich. 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 Okay. Yeah. Norwich. And so you don't you don't pronounce the W. You pronounce it at the R W double R. Okay. Okay. So in Norwich. How do you, uh, are, are you guys, would you say that you're like the main company for wrestling in your yes. area? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're, we're one of the, we're one of a handful of the top companies. We, we're prestigious because we've been going a long time. So there's the All Star and um, ourselves, which really have gone the longest without a break. So we, we are a large company, but there's obviously, you've got Progress and ICW and everything like that over here as well, RevPro. So you can't take it away from them. But in our own right, we've, we've built up quite a large franchise. We have got other uh, companies in our area, but we all work together. We've got Falling Star, haven't we? DOA, DOA. who work around our area, but we all work together. In fact, they're going to start doing some shows in our, in our venue. So uh, we try and work together and try and, get the talent and working together. And we've got another lot uh, in Essex, which ain't part of us, SOS. We actually worked with on a show last night. So we all try and work together. There's no sort of um, them and us, is there? But well, to be honest, I'm, I got an email yesterday from the guy, Alex Bennett, that owns DOA, which is the, um, the next county across. And because we do courses at our school, so they can learn um, uh, level two, level three, first aid, pediatric first aid, child safety, and adult development. They can do, take all of these exams at our, at our, our company. So uh, they're, back, they're now bringing in, because most of our wrestlers are first aid trained, DFib trained, uh, pediatric first, you know, there's a good 25 of us that have got all the qualifications that's set out, fire regulation, everything. So other companies now are gonna come and learn so that when we get the tutors in to, to run the courses, other companies are now coming in to make sure that their wrestlers are safe and everyone knows what to do in a situation. So we don't have wrestlers die in the ring because every wrestler that steps through that ring should know basic first aid. So our company at the minute is making sure that everybody does. So it's, uh, it's, it's added. So we're, we're accepting other companies to come in and, and learn, you know, take these exams. They're real certificates, real recognized qualifications. So just come and do a six hour course and qualification is yours. Yeah, that's good that you emphasize safety like that. You know, I've I haven't heard anything like that in the in the state with with wrestlers doing that. I I don't know if if they do or not, but I just never heard of it before. Well, the thing is, what you've got to remember: if a wrestler collapses in the ring, the referee, the opponent, the MC should all know basic first aid, and everybody in the locker room should have a basic feed that when a command word is said, they come out and they surround the wrestler so the privacy is there, so the first aiders can work. And all of our guys are regimented that if anything happens to any wrestler and a certain signal goes up, at all costs, protect, the wrestler is protected in every way, shape, and form. And most people that enter the ring all know basic first aid. So it's, you know, the wrestler gets the best possible chance at life. So we think it's really important. Too many wrestlers die in the ring. How long has your company been putting in emphasis on safety like that? Was there a tragedy that happened that made you 
uh, and your husband think that, hey, it's it's time for us to do something different? What what caused that? It started out with a speaking out movement. That's where it started. A couple of years ago. And it was taken very seriously. And we had big uh, discussions of our main parliament over here because wrestling has got no pigeonhole, okay? So we, we've been to parliament. We've got our, our, got, we've got our performance centre pigeonholed. And so we now come under performers rather than wrestlers and stuff like this. We discussed the safety of wrestling. Uh, we hired a guy um, who's the top health and safety guy in the whole of our area, which covers a massive area, okay? So um, he's helped us along the way. He's kept us over, open. He's given us all the COVID news. Our, our place is so COVID-friendly, it's unbelievable. We get it fogged all the time, sprayed. We've got so many rules you have to adhere to in between matches, all the ring. Every match uh, we do, we have to uh, clean the ring in between the matches. And everything is so safety monitored now. The fans have um, the temperature tested when they come in, have to sign a register. Everything is down, down to safety for not only us, but our fans as well, because we because we have a regular venue, which we run basically on a weekly basis, we, we have to look after our fans too. So this has all come out of the speaking out movement and discussions with uh, the British government, to be fair. And not only that, we have um, mentors um, that are outside of the family or any of the hierarchy that staff can go to if they feel under pressure, feel if they've been abused or disrespected. They can go to an outsider who will then take it to um, another outside company that then view it and deal with it accordingly. So it doesn't come through our office. We make sure that our wrestlers have got a chance to tell any tell these people what it is without fear or you know come back from from office. So we've given them more gateways. They can go and just tell people if if they're upset. So and we work well with mind as well, don't we? The yeah. depression. We have a depression group down our venue every month, which is run by our son Roy, which we do on a monthly basis, and we get good numbers there. And we've had a lot of positivity out of it, when a lot of people were helped and stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're all about safety. And since the Speaking Out movement, we've, uh, we've really uh, tried to clean up the business big time, not just by accusations, because accusations should be made, but it did make us think, okay. This is a chance to clean up the wrestling business. It's not been cleaned up for years. And after talking to the governments and MPs, we decided this was the way to go. And with our help and safety advisors, which are on our board, we've managed to clean it up. We, we, well, we got a book that thick. I mean, it's crazy. It's thick as what would you say? People ain't going to see my hand. Uh, it's about half a foot. It's got to be yeah, more than that, maybe six inches to nine inches thick of paperwork that's cost us thousands of pounds to put in place. So we, we're just trying to make wrestling safe and make wrestling a thing to be proud of rather than all these, all these young... A safe environment. A safe environment. And people look on wrestling. They think, oh, this wrestling's this, wrestling's that. But we've said, look, we come out and said, look, we're performers. This is what we do. We entertain. We try and be safe. We try and keep the, uh, everyone else safe. And we've found the reaction has been amazing. You know, our, our centre gets good crowds all the time. We're more of a family with, with our fans. Like next week is our awards night for the yearly awards. You know, the fans get invited to that. The fans get invited to our Christmas parties. Anything we have, the fans are part of us, which is uh, 
very family oriented atmosphere. It's fantastic. Not only are you cleaning up the wrestling business, but I'm sure some of that trickles into the community as well, right? And people around you, other businesses, people that people that live in your town, uh, they got to find out, you know, I'm sure they hear about the things that you guys are doing. So it's got to be making like a, a trickle-down effect, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, it radiates out, and we do get a lot of special needs, like autism or autistic, Asperger's, um, ADHD, um, children that are given up on because they don't know how to express themselves without using anger. So all of the kids that no one else can handle, they, they bring them to us and we stabilize them. And, and, wrestling. and, uh, and they, they understand stuff, you know, it's life skills as well as, as teach, giving them a, a passion and a, something to get involved in rather than crime. So we work closely with our social services network and the police um, and those, those um, people, uh, fosterers and, and that sort of thing to help them um, deal with the children without the children taking the wrong path. So it does trickle out and uh, the right people uh, do take notice and we do work well with, with all the authorities around us. You know, I'm not be funny. A lot of other companies have had people write to, write to us and say, look, uh, I've got Asperger's, I've got autism, I'm in a wheelchair, uh, I've got epilepsy and there's no place in wrestling. My point is there's a place for everyone in wrestling. We've now got a, one of our cameramen He's got epilepsy. He can have up to 10 epileptic pictures. I can't. Yeah, he's he wears one, glasses. He's now one of our chief cameramen. One of our commentators on our Twitch show is um, in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. Is, uh, yeah, and you know, we've got the blind kid, which is in the movie. He He's now come back and wrestling. We are one of our champions Marcus. is autistic, full autism. And uh, he's now one of our, he's been one of our champions and he wrestles on a regular basis. So this is what we try and do as well. We're not just about wrestling shows. We are a community and we try and help people in the community. And we're finding now that we really are. Every time we get troubled kids, we get a phone call. Can you take them? Can you do this? And we try and turn them around. And I would say we've had a good 90% success rate at the moment. Mm -hmm. Wrestling has made them achieve. When I was young, it was boxing. You know, as you, you went to the boxing gyms and stuff. Like I do in America. I know in America, a lot of boxing gyms, you got the naughty boys who end up being boxed and it takes them off the streets. Well, we do the same in Norwich, but with the wrestling. And, uh, you know, we said, so we've got about a 90% uh, success rate at the moment, which I'm very, very proud of. I bet you are. And, and, and you should be, right? It's, you know, anytime that you can add to the quality of your community, it's just, it's, it's just better for everybody involved. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all that. That was that was that's awesome stuff. And I'm I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing that. Tune in to the Wrestler Weekly Podcast with Mike Leotis. The Wrestler Weekly Podcast. Mike digs into interesting wrestling topics and conversations. The 2022 season starts in January with guests like Austin Idol, Nick Aldis, Aldis, John Arezzi, and George Napolitano. Find Wrestler Weekly on Twitter, Twitter Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And YouTube. The Wrestler, Wrestler Weekly, Weekly Podcast. Podcast. Let's, let's talk about some of the promotions that you have. Well, WA World Association of Wrestling is the main uh, company, which you know, come under the company. But we've got... Um, 
We've got uh, other companies what run within the company. We've got the uh, ladies' company, which is run by Jules here, which is called Bellatrix Female Warriors, which is all female shows. And then we've got the Academy, which is the, the Academy shows, which is a bit, bit like NXT in America. You know, all our young stars come through there. I, I said, didn't we? And uh, what was I said? YP. Now, you know, the, the YP, the kids group, which we started years ago, they started six-year-old. They go up to 15-year-old. They put on their own shows, and uh, their record attendance for their kid mania is 500 so far for these kids. So, uh, you know, these kids uh, brought it very early. Um, obviously, they brought it safely. They taught more of the uh, uh, British style rather than the, you know, hard-on style, but, the, you know, the chain wrestling and stuff. That's true, very successful. We've had... Um, a few kids come from there, from six-year-olds, gone right through and ended up champions on the main on the main roster. Yeah, yeah we've got one at 20, was it yeah. 21? 21? Yeah, 21? so we've got some at the main Kate roster. 20, was it yeah. 12? 12, yeah. He's now, now Jaden. Yeah, Jaden, he's 12 goals. We come through, he's now a champion. So we're actually doing what our soccer teams do over here. They get kids very young and they make them into, you know, get them, make them, take them, make them into stars. This is what we do. We, as I said, in our kids club, we've got about 70 members in our kids club. And we get phone calls every day for new kids to join us. And, uh, yeah, that's been that's proved very successful. So, as I said, we've got four different uh, companies within the company. And uh, everyone at the moment has been very successful. So we're, we're moving on out of COVID, hopefully. Uh, obviously, when we shut, COVID shut us down, it was a disaster for us because... What I try to say, Peter, we're not just about shows. We are WAW wrestling, but shows is the minimum thing we worry about. It's the kids uh, we, we train with. It's our academy. Our academy is, uh, you know, very busy. And uh, as I said, uh, we've got everything else going on. The, we've got the training schools. The training schools, you know, the seminars, the one-on-ones. The, yeah, we've got shops in there, the T-shirt company. We've got all things in the building. Multimedia centre. Multimedia centres, we got the lot, but, uh, but, but we got a that was my thing with COVID. You know, people going about the show. This is what we had to meet in Parliament for because they seemed to think we was putting a ring up in a in a leisure centre, and that was wrestling. And I just said, no, there's a lot more to wrestling where we're concerned. Our kids are suffering; we can't open. Our trainees are suffering; we can't open. All our guys with um, mental health problems are suffering because we can't open. This was my argument with the politicians when we were going through COVID. And they've become, to be honest, they're very understanding, wouldn't they, to be fair? The MPs we talked to are very understanding. And as I said, our health and safety guy got us open when other companies didn't because he, he, he made a safe way for us to open. So that's what we do. That's what people say about WAW. No, we're not just shows. We are a, a company, a corporate company as you say, as part of the community and we do all this stuff and that's what we wanted to carry on doing and uh, we love what we do. I've got to work every day and, and I love my work. I love it's it. It's like a centre for the forgotten. Yeah. yeah. Every single person that walks through our door has got a story to tell. You've just got to make them comfortable enough to learn to live with their story because you're never going to get over it. But you've got to learn to live with it and you li and live in the, being around people that have had, a, you know, the same sort of thing it makes it very easy to fit in. So people that don't fit in, as, as our daughter said, the weirdos, the freaks, the geeks, those people that everyone forgot, well, she's been brought up around those sorts of people because we are those ourselves. We don't fit in, we're freaks, we're geeks, 
we're odd. We're, you know, we're every, every template that our daughter says on her speech when she won that title is explaining who her family is. And we've oddballed our way through life. And we've always stood up and we've always been lovers or haters sort of family. But, yeah, we're definitely Marmite, Mike. I don't know but we are, saying in America, is it Marmite? Yeah. <laughs> we definitely, because we don't fit in, we make ourselves and our ways accessible for those that don't fit in as well, so that they've got somewhere safe to come or to call for that special 3 a.m. call when they don't think they can talk to anybody else. They well, know that they can talk to any member that steps through those doors because they understand. Long-time <laughs> Roy does the depression group, and many nights he's gone out and saved people's lives. He's got to jump off buildings and suicidal and. Uh, well, usually the call. As, no as a family, we've suffered mental depression. I've been uh, uh, depression all my life, and uh, I know what it's like. And my son, Roy and Zach, it's, uh, he had a real uh, mental health breakdown a few years ago, which actually put him in a wheelchair, and he's fought back since. So we understand that, and we're at, we would anyone could walk in our centre for a coffee. They don't have to come down there and wrestle. We got a bar, we got a coffee. We, you know, you sit here and come and see us. Any problems? We're not just a wrestling company. We're there for the community so they can come and see us and we're there to help. And that's the way we, we run our life, mate. Yeah, always. Let's talk about a little bit about the movie, Fighting With Your Family. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. I've I've seen a, a documentary. Was the documentary named the same thing? That was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how it come about, you see, because uh, The Rock see the documentary in a hotel one night when he's filming, didn't he? And it came on there and he fell in love with the documentary, took it back to his family. They loved it. So he got the idea to make a movie, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Went to Vince and uh, Stephen Merchant and they all sat together and put it together. And the movie was sort of made. So that's how it all started with the documentary and the rock in it in a lonely hotel at about three o'clock in the morning in Great Britain. So that was a lucky break for us. How accurate? Did they portray your family in in the movie? How accurate was the story? Did it did it? Could you see where Hollywood stepped in a little bit? We actually watched it again the other night because it's been plastered all over British TV over Christmas. So we watched it again the other night, and there was lots of bits in there that we hadn't really caught or seen because a lot of people talk to us while we're watching the movie. So it's to sit and just watch it in its entirety was quite fun, wasn't it? Mm. But there was a certain segment there where they, you know, like the explanations about the family, about how we met, about things that he's done, um, all that. It's all true. And they sensationalised the parts like um, The Rock ringing him up. It was Ray that rang him up. So the artistic licence there was, was then for The Rock to ring up. You know, there was, there was, it was probably about 85% right. Yeah, I was about 85%. But the unbelievable parts in it are actually the parts that are actually real. I think we're more out there than the movie, to be honest with you. Oh, yes. I'm doing really well not swearing, just for the record. The rounds of Raya, which is done American rounds, and they were asking, are your family really like that? I said, no, I think they're even worse. I think she's right there. But everything in that movie was basically true, but not necessarily in the right order. You know, about red, like dying the hair blonde and stuff. It all happened, but not probably in the order they said. But, uh, you know, I was, I was very happy with the film because, you know, we've done a lot of TV over here and uh, we're minor celebrities because of what we do. And 
a lot of them really want to take the mick because it's wrestling. And even though it was a comedy, I felt the story got over. I felt even Zach came out of the movie looking strong because even though, he, you know, in the movie he came over as a failure, he also said, look, Zach, look what you're doing. Raz words in that film where you don't need millions of people watching Zach to see what you're doing in life. And what our boys do every day is a credit to us. He, he's, he's a magician with these kids we have, with these young kids. We've done other uh, places where we've gone into like children's like jails and stuff and taught them wrestling. And, and Zach's got a wave of them kids. They love him by the end of the day. He, he's got certificates for it. And uh, yeah, he, he, he is in the way as big a star as our daughter, but not with all the adoring fans. And that's, that's, that's what come out of the movie. And I thought that's a great bit. And uh, we're really proud. True. Yeah, it's very true. So obviously a bit of Hollywood. Every with the rock was my basic Hollywood because that's what the rock is. <laughs> and your son, Zach, he, he definitely wanted to uh, follow in Paige's footsteps too. But, um, you know, there was another path that opened up for him. And As he was already on the path he was meant to take. There you go. Even before Ray had gone, he was already doing what he was meant to do in life. But you just got to realise that, that sometimes your gifts aren't exposed. You don't realise what your gifts are until someone turns around and go, hang you on before you start thinking you're a failure. This is what you've accomplished in your life. And sometimes people don't realise their self-worth. You know, Zach, Zach this year is going out of his way to make his dream come true because of the effort he's put into other people's dreams who have come true. So this year he's dedicating just one year to him to see if he can do it. And if he can't, he's quite happy to look after the kids and get them through because then he knows what he's meant to do. That's one thing in that movie, you know, but, but it's the blind kid. I mean, I was the first one to see the blind kid when he came to our headquarters. And he, his carer said, this kid wants to wrestle. I thought there's no chance and stuff. Zach come in the gym and I went, I said to him, Zach, this kid wants to wrestle. I said, but I don't know how we're going to do it. He said, leave it to me, Dad. And to sit there and watch my son teach a blind kid to wrestle by movement, by foot stamps, by making him walk the ropes. Zach knew that because he was blind, his hearing would be bad yeah. than ours. So he just, used his hearing instead of his sight. It's a miracle to watch. It's just, you can't, you know. Zach wrestling in front of a hundred thousand people in the WrestleMania would never give me the same same buzz as watching him teach someone a blind kid to wrestle. And then when that rock blind kid had his first match, it was amazing. And the next thing Zach said to him, You're gonna do a frog splash off the top rope to this blind kid. And I'm going, Zach, he's never gonna do it, man. He's blind. I'm telling you what. He said, He will do it, Dad. He's got faith. He's got faith for me. He's got faith in what we're teaching him. And he's and, good enough. And that night, he went out and done a frog splash off the top rope. We all sat there in tears. The whole roster sat there in tears. Everyone, we all come out. The, the crowd was in tears. It was just one of those moments in, in time that you'll never forget. Mm. It's, a, it's a defining moment for Zach and, and his credibility. Because for him to get that boy to believe himself that much, that he jumped in the dark, not, not even knowing what was going to happen, that, that is pure belief, and um, that's what makes us proud of it. So, as I said, so Zach to me is, uh, my daughter's a great star, and I love her, and love her beyond words, and she's made her so proud. You know, She went to WrestleMania to watch her. 
But as I always say to Zach, you know, Ray's done the big thing, but you just was proud of you because, you know, watching you train these kids is, so, is really something else. It's just amazing. You know, They're adoring. You know, as I said, we've got Marcus, who was totally, totally out there with his autism. He used to hit his mum, you know, be violent and smash things up and wouldn't go well, on the bus, wouldn't go on the boarding school. You know, they talk about basically locking him up. And Zach saved his life, and now that boy comes to the gym. Oh, he's a fantastic wrestler. He's on his own, and he's one of our best wrestlers. He drives a mini. Mm. He drives. The boy that was going to be locked up for his, for his life because he, no one could manage him, he's actually got a car and drives. Wow. It's insane. He, he, he's got a girlfriend. He's settled down. He's very polite. He's not aggressive. Right. He's off half the medication. He's he's just a wonderful, wonderful child to be around. This is this unmanageable child that people couldn't handle. It's one of the most delightful souls I've ever met. So you've just got to give people a chance to let them open the door. Water, water the seed, so to speak, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to allow the child to develop on their own, but you've got to give them that free range to be able to express themselves. And sometimes their way of expressing themselves is not the norm. But if they learn to accept it, they learn to then calm down on their expression. So it's baby steps, very small steps. And there's many steps backwards before we get to a level. But they, they do really well. But it's the child that turns things around because they want to. They didn't want to. They wouldn't do it. So your your life is is definitely full with with all the people you're helping in wrestling, you know, things you do for the community. And uh, and then the wrestling itself. I mean, when you look back over, I guess, in the beginning or maybe in the early days of of your wrestling, did could you even imagine anything like like the dynasty that you've you've built for your boyfriend? Boyfriend's always dreamed of this. This is, he knew about this the day he started this. So whatever is going to come out of his mouth, no. this has been pre-planned for many years. No, I, was, I started out with a bucket list when I started. You know, it's like the first rung of the ladder, the local promoter to be his champion. You know, all his start, all the night stuff. And uh, I've done that. Then you want to move on to be the biggest promotion in the country. I've done that. And travel Europe, be on TV. We've done that sort of stuff. But I always had this feeling... Uh, you know, I was a showman wrestler. I wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but I was a showman. I mean, I was in a tag team. We dominated the British scene for, you know, 12, 15 years. But uh, I always wanted to teach. I always wanted to help people because, you know, as it said in the movie, I, I, was, I was a troubled lad myself in my early days. I spent time in jail before I was 25, uh, eight years before I was 25, and uh, I realised what a wasted life I'd been. And uh, part of my getting better from that sort of lifestyle was to help other people in the same situation. So it really started out where we helped trouble kids in it. We took drug addicts off the street and we had people send us their kids to help out and stuff and it developed from there. We worked out the other day, I mean, we've been married how many years? 28 years. And we've probably had 45 different lodges, kids come to our house with problems. 31 years. Yeah, but I'm not saying that since we've been married, I'm talking about oh, married life. Yeah. So what I'm saying, you know, all married life. We've had all these young kids. We've had gay lads who, who run away from homes. Their parents won't accept they're gay. 
We've managed to take them to their parents and sit there when they come out and say they're going. We form bonds. We form, you know, we've done all this stuff. And it's just developed from there. We, we need a bigger, we started in our house. We needed bigger premises. We went to another office, then went to another place. And one thing the movie gave us was uh, just enough money to get this centre we've got now, which is a 400-seat arena and the training school and stuff, which we've all invested money into, haven't we? And this is a this is my legacy when I go. You know, I mean, when I've gone, I want this legacy to say that we started and the Knight family continue for the next few generations because there's a lot of us to come still. They still come off the conveyor belt right now, so uh, that's that's what we want. And uh, yes, yeah, so to answer your question, yes, I did see this happen. Yes, I wanted this to happen. Whether I thought it'd ever happen, I don't know. But uh, we got there in the end, and I sit there every day. And I look up and I thank God that we're, uh, you know, we've got where we want to go, you know, and we can help people. I mean, what else is in store for, for your family and for your company and for your roster, you know, the kids that you work with? What's what's next? There's always something we want to do as a family. Right. I mean, There's we, another business that I want to open, which we will do this year, um, which will be Customs. So I want to do the custom side of wrestling. So I want to open that side of it up, but keeping within the realms of decency. So I want to add that. Um, so I do want to do the custom side. I mean, it's not so much about expansion because we're happy where we are. It's about now creating the home and making it look bigger and better, get better lighting, get better screens, get like oh, build it up, just invest, invest, invest to get, we're having new fire doors put in at the moment. We're having roofing done. We're having, you know, things just rebuilt at the moment. So the money that's being invested can't be seen. But we, you know, a 50 grand investment uh, to date. Um, but all you see is a warehouse. But within well, another year, but it's not, you know, it's not just a warehouse, obviously, but, but you, don't, already, you don't but see because and... it's been roofing and everything. There's been stages built and walkways and, there's been lots and lots of money spent, but well, we've still got lots of more. Can I just do. say, Jackson, we're not, we don't want to be just a wrestling centre. We're now making an entertainment centre. So we're booking comedians this year, aren't we? Singers, bands, and all this sort of stuff. So we're, we're making a, a venue for everybody in the community to use. Again, like weddings hold there, but we've done funerals there already, haven't we? Stuff like that. Yeah. It's going to be that. And the biggest icing on the cake we want to do is uh, last year we've done our biggest show ever at Norwich City Football Ground, which uh, was on our bucket list. We've done that, which is, we've got 5,000 paying customers in, which is massive for our company. And uh, we're doing another one this year, a yearly basis called Pipe Mare, which uh, a mutual friend of ours knows about, Chaz, <laughs> Chaz Moretti. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, Chaz, um, we're hoping Chaz is going to be part mm -hmm. of the next Pipe Mare this year. That's, that's going to be our, our WrestleMania every year. And uh, that's what we're going to do. And this year is looking massive. And we're just signing the contracts for another massive time this year. So uh, Fight Me every year will be a legacy as well when I'm gone. So uh, everything I do is safe for the family to build on. As Julie's got lots of plans. And, uh, you know, she does the food at our place. We want to get better food stuff. It just never stops. It never stops. We usually do about seven days a week. We're workaholics. Well, there's some day I just want to go home. Yeah. I've, I've lived there for like four days. There's, I just want to go home and spend a night in front of the TV like a normal person. Just every new episode this afternoon, when it's, I just need to go home for a little bit and just yeah. 
which we charge the batteries because we don't get a lot of time at home. So being at home is a is a blessing, to be honest. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. It's a it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful thing that you're doing and you're impacting lives. And and not only are you impacting the lives of the people that you're helping now, but they'll go on to impact other people with in positive ways. That's our hope. That's what we hope. And uh, yeah, that's working so far. And as I said, we just thank God that we got to where we, we are and we just want to go further and help as many people as possible to be fair. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking talking to me today. Thank you for giving me your time. No oh, pleasure. No pleasure. It's been it's been a good good chat, hasn't it? It's been good fun. Well, it's been different because usually people want to talk about it, you know, the same old questions, but this has been a nice chat and uh we've actually got over what we what we actually do rather than what we actually you know. And the format of questions we always get. And you've done really well. You've done nine out you, you managed to clear nine completely different questions to what we usually get out of the 10 top ones that we yeah, get. Yeah, so you right. managed to get us talking about stuff that was completely well, different. Well, it's just nice to so not get the uh, generic about, you know, the wrestling careers, because as talk I said, about Rayo. We're, more, we're more than wrestlers. You know, we, what we do is more than wrestling. So. And, and believe it or not, we were about before Paige. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we asked Soraya and I and Mickey story. Knight. I was on the biggest names of British wrestling, and I'm now just Paige's dad. So yeah. <laughs> Paige's mum, mate. <laughs> so yeah. That's we know thing. our role. Yeah, we know we our know role. our role. We're Paige's parents. Now. Yeah, that's what we are. We made it big. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> You're listening to the Russellville Podcast where wrestling lives. PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 keeps you in the zone. Listen to J.D., Barris, and Logan talk about wrestling news, reviews, in-depth conversations, and interviews. The podcast that we want to hear, and you will to ring the bell radio. We call it in the ring. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon.